Welcome to Board Game Box Office, a Table Knots podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. My name is Max, and I'm joined here today by Kyle, as we're going to be discussing the games we've been playing, the movies we've been watching, and our favorite games and movies of 2023 so far. If you're not following our YouTube channel, you may not realize that we normally don't put out our 2023 or year of best of year of videos until like March or something. So a lot of time is left for this to change. And there's not even that. I just have so many movies and games left that I have I, yet I think to we play did or it, see. I think we did it during Oscar season last yeah, year, which is so. like, per, mm-hmm. I think, a perfect time to do that. Yeah. And that's Gives probably what we're going to do again yeah. in 2024. When we talk about 2023 releases. So we figured we'd stop, what, at almost the halfway point, really, in where we would classify us talking about the games and uh, and tell you what our favorites have been so far. But before we get into that, Kyle, what have you been playing or watching lately? Well, Max, let's start off by saying happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, my friend. Well, it's not going to be Thanksgiving when they listen to this, but it is Thanksgiving today. This is dedication, might I add, Kyle. You and I, you and I, we're here Thanksgiving night. Making content for the yeah. world. Yeah. We pushed our family <laughs> to the side. Yeah. We're like, you guys go to bed. You got the turkey yeah. in you. Mm-hmm. You got the wine mm-hmm. in you. Get all fat you're and sassy. Sleepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're sleepy. Mm-hmm. We got to go record. Sleep. We got to put it out for the people. We got shit to do. Where would they? Yeah. yeah. What and would Doolin the BGBA like, listeners do? Oh, yeah, I'm so full for my 18th Thanksgiving dinner. And Kenny was just like, nah. F you. Kenny was like, is it a a normal time? Yeah, it is. All right, well, I'm out. (laughs) I don't know what time we could have told him where he would have been in. (laughs) But that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're thankful for you as listeners. I'm thankful for you, Kyle, of course, and as well as everyone else except for Josh for helping produce this work. I am thankful for Josh. I don't want him to take that seriously. I do want to get a little sentimental here. I am super thankful for this podcast. I mean, I was thinking about this earlier this week, actually, and just like how bizarre this is. If you like take a grander, like if you take a wider look out, like we Uh didn't know each other years ago. Yeah. Like three. We met each other three years ago. We met each other on the discord. Yeah. And then just one random day, like I came down to your house. Yeah. I was going to get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) I've been, I, I've slept in your house. And now, and now we're like best friends and we do yeah. a podcast together. Who would have thought? Magic of the internet. The Look internet is a terrible place, but sometimes and it's good. It's also fantastic at times. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. No more sentimentality. No. Tell us about what you've been doing. All right. Uh, do we want to talk about what I've been playing recently? Yeah. Let's I've do been... what you've been playing recently. Okay, well, we've been playing some games on BGA together. Uh, mm-hmm, me, you, yeah. Dolan, and Jeff have been in quite a few games recently. Um, let's and Dolan takes Gr- so long to take his Dude, hands. it's unreal. It's, it's unreal. unbelievable. He keeps well, trying to like, pull out the games. statistics after the game where it shows the thinking time and proving to us that he doesn't take as long as us, but like, screw your facts. You take way longer than the, I refuse to believe those stats anyway. Like those timing <laughs> things have to be inaccurate. He's really improved his uh, thumbnail game. I think it's all just Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, it's all that practice <laughs> on the YouTube yeah. channel. <laughs> but we've yeah, been but... playing a uh, uh, Great Western Trail quite a bit. Um, yeah. A game I've actually really, really grown to like. It's a game that I I started off okay with i thought it was good but like i was never 
excited to play it necessarily, but then played it some more, played it with the expansion, and now it's probably in my top twenty-five. I would assume yeah. it's got a, it's it's close. Um, I have been playing some games with the expansion with just Jeff and Dolan, um, and then playing base game with all four of you. Um, right. And if you don't know what Great Western Trail is, it is essentially like a Rondell game. You're moving your cowboy around a map, going to different action spots, trying to either build buildings, acquire workers, acquire no. cows. No, no, no. Just build buildings. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> That's the, that's the only route I take when I play this game. Not not a bad route. Not a bad route, building, building, especially in base game. Um, yeah. And it's also kind of a deck builder because you're buying cows and then you're when you get to the end of the rondelle, I, technically it's like a line, but you do start back at the beginning. Um, so it is a, a circle, technically. Yeah, uh, but when works. you get to the end of the route, you are delivering your hand of cows um and you have to deliver to a different city every time you get there so you have to deliver it's like chicago cleveland san francisco all the big cities you know and when you do that you're getting money um but it's also getting you points uh there's a lot of different ways to get points in the game building buildings as max said is one way a second way is just buying a ton of cows because the cows you buy are going to have points on them Mm -hmm. um delivering to specific cities that are connected will get you points or minus points um and then meeting goal objective cards. Uh, so it's got a lot going on. Um, I, I find it pretty intuitive, though, uh, although mm-hmm. I have played 10 games. But what have you been thinking about Great Western Trail? I know you're kind of new to it. Yeah, I really like it. But there's some caveats there. Uh, it is a game that I've only exclusively played on Board Game Arena. And if I haven't mentioned it before, which I'm sure I have, I only play Board Game Arena on my phone. So a lot of times the first like handful of plays, if not more, are real just trial and error because the hover doesn't work on the phone. Like I can't hover something yeah. and see what it does. I just have to look at the iconography and be like, oh, I think this yes. is what it's going to do. Now, I could obviously look at the rule book. That would be the smart thing to do. But that is that's way too much. Or, you effort. know, screenshot so, it and I say, Kyle, what does this do? I could. But, you know. If I did that, you all be like, oh, you know, you're just being stupid. You know, <laughs> you know what that is. Stop. Now, we've only ever done that every time. Every so time. <laughs> maybe it's going to be different. Maybe it's going to be different the next time. That's true. So literally the only strategy I play in this game is is buildings because it's the only one that I even remotely understand. Uh, now, I, I guess I understand cows because it's literally just buying lots of cows. Like that's. Yeah. That's the strategy. I do not understand the engineers one iota. Like I don't, I don't get how they score. I don't get what you do. None of the engineers make any sense to me. And again, I, I, I could learn this by now. I'm just too obtuse to do so. I've probably played this game what five times, maybe. Um, And each game, I learned something new. For example, until last game, I thought that I could use other people's buildings. Apparently, I can't. I guess I can yeah, only a, use the neutral and my own. <laughs> you can go to other people's buildings, but then you have to take what's called an auxiliary action. The auxiliary action, right. Wee, very yeah, weaker yeah, yeah. versions of the actions. Yeah, I like set my thing up to move me one onto someone else's building, which would allow me to move two. And then I did it and I was like, oh, it doesn't it's, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So, yeah, other people's buildings really just flood the board. Um, yeah, because you, yeah, you want to be on the move. You pay money. Yeah, <laughs> they have the tax thing on them. But uh. Yeah, it's a game I, I probably only understand 50% of, but I really enjoy it. I, I am enjoying it a lot. 
Uh, obviously, I think if I knew how to play it more, I would enjoy it even more. And again, that's my fault for not learning. Uh, but it is it is fairly intuitive. Like Kyle said, it, it's taken me a while to get the specifics of each particular action and each specific strategy. But as far as like how to play, it's it's incredibly simple. It's you move up to four or five or six if you have it upgraded and you do the action on the thing. And when you get to the end of the route, you deliver it. Now, the, the delivery is a bit confusing, but I think I understand it now. I think I just got that. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of those games I'm learning on the fly, but I'm having a really fun time doing it, um, which is is a testament. There are games like, and I know you love this game, and I know this is my fault. There are games like Anachrony, where I played, or what's the other one? Gaia Project. Gaia where Project. I played, oh, my God. Don't get me started. And I... They're games that I could not even stumble my way through. Like I stumbled my way through no, no, Great no. Western Trail, the first game, and then every single game I'm stumbling a little less. A, a Gaia Project and Anachrony, you I felt like I was Project. just, I was, I was literally, I had zero idea what was happening. Um, I've played Gaia Project in person, yeah, and it's impossible to play on BGA. Like okay. I still don't get it. I've played like six times. I <laughs> just, I don't understand it. <laughs> it's, it's obviously a strange way. Many people would be like, "Why do you do that to yourselves?" And you know, it's just kind of fun. We. As a collective, me, Doolin, Kyle, and Jeff, we kind of always do that. We just pick a game and just just go into it. Um, but Great Western Trail is one of the better ones, the more intuitive ones that comes pretty easy. Uh, as far as like how to play, again, still don't understand every every iota or every every single amount of strategy and whatnot. But uh, it's really fun. I'm enjoying it quite a lot. If you see me doing anything other than buildings, it's because I'm trying to learn how to do it. But buildings is the way. Buildings is life, uh, and I like it. I like it quite a lot. It is a little unfortunate that. Uh, in base game, Great Western Trail, I do think either building or the engineers is the uh, the strongest strategy to go for, um, which sure. means like the the game's theme is delivering cows, but you could like get by and do very well without ever buying a cow, which sure. seems like that's almost like unintuitive, right? Because like you think you right. should be building your deck and uh, it's just been kind of like that's kind of like the meta of the base game. Yeah, I'm actually um, curious so in the base game. How many co- how many cows? Per game, do you think you purchase? Do I purchase? Yeah. On average? Yeah. One. Okay. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't playing the game poorly because I only get one or two. Like, that's all. I get one or two cows and the rest of my money goes towards building buildings and, and trying ra- to get the objectives where you get the ba- bandits and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just too random. Like, yeah, they help your hand, but unless you're getting your hand size up to five or six also, which is going to cost you money. And like you have a ton of like redraw spaces, like you, there's still no guarantee that those cows are helping you when you get to yeah. KC. Um, yeah. I've definitely won a game before without ever buying a cow. Um, now I have been trying different strategies now that we've been playing a lot on BGA. And like the last game we played, I did do very well with buying a ton of cows. I bought like mm-hmm. six or seven and mm-hmm. I, I have put up a big score. Okay. Um, but I, I do think I'm pretty good at the game at this point. Uh, so I, I do like to just mess around and it's not, you can't ever do just one thing. If you're buying cows, you also need to be building buildings or right. doing the engineer thing. You've got to be at least good enough to like see, to find the efficiencies and doing both. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, I would love to teach you about the engineers. And as, as far as anachrony goes, another hard game to learn, especially like when we're doing these games, on BGA when none of when only like one of us knows like we will try to help out the other three mm-hmm. and we end up just typing out like six paragraphs long and then which is just like hard who's gonna, to, it's just hard yeah. to even like understand what they're saying right without pictures and stuff 
And we play so it like asynchronously, the, so it's not like we sit down with each other and play. Yeah, yeah. That would be a whole different ball game. But we play these all async. So I'm like sitting here taking a turn while I'm in the restroom at work or something. It's like I don't know what any of these things do. The reason uh, Jeff Jeff can pick up on anachrony because he's played it in person, and Dolan picked up on anachrony because like I literally got on Discord video with him and taught him the game yeah, in person. Yeah, yeah, so like yeah. it's just it's it's really hard. Like so. Definitely don't don't feel bad about not getting anachrony and Gaia project. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that now. It's not what you said uh, in our Discord chat, but I appreciate you. Well, you know, you. <laughs> you know, in the Discord, in our You're private Discord, you a different Discord, person in there. I am. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we all are. This I, this is just a mask on the podcast. This is all facade. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's really true. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying Great Western Trail quite a lot, though. Uh, very happy to continue playing it. And hopefully one of these days I'll have it. I'll have it down pat. Jeff's gonna listen to this and be like, "Oh my god, he's sandbagging again." He absolutely <laughs> knows how to play with the engineers. Yeah, that's just the nature of our relationship. Uh, but another game that we've been playing on Board Game Arena, which we probably have even less to talk about because both you and I are pretty new to this, so it's gonna be pretty surface level discussion. Uh, but that is Planet Unknown. This is a very rapidly uh, gaining in popularity uh, polyomino game. I think it came out last year, or was it 2021? I don't quite remember. I think remember. it was 22. I'm pretty sure okay. it was 22. Yeah, so this is a game that has a few interesting things going for it. Uh, the, the main thing is you have like a lazy Susan where you draft your pieces from, and based off where you're uh, sitting in player position is how you like get the uh, pieces that you're offered based off where the lazy Susan goes. It also has like objectives where you're fighting against the people to your left and right, but not necessarily the whole table. It's got tracks that you move up and down on, things like that. Um, I've played this once in person and like three times on board game arena. And I think you've only played it on board game arena. Is that true? Yeah, I did. Um, okay. I am ashamed to say <laughs> I did go pick it up at Barnes and Noble. Oh, you did. <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Nice. Well, I was thinking about buying it or backing it on game found, like the late right. pledge for mm-hmm. that and the expansion. I'm like, okay, that's kind of a lot. Like I do appreciate this game. I do like, I am liking it. But let's right. see if it's like even available somewhere else. So I was like checking the board game geek market first and it was like a hundred dollars on there. I'm like, well, that's absurd. And then, yeah. uh, I, I just like, I just Googled it and I'm like, Oh, Barnes and Noble has it by me. Like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go grab it. Cause I do yeah. think it, it feels a nice little niche and we'll get into that in a minute, but yeah, yeah go sure. on, keep going. Yeah. So this is a game that I, I enjoy quite a bit, but I don't understand how to do well. And again, much like great Western trail, not, not to the extent of great Western trail, but I'm still learning this. I just learned yesterday that the meteors actually stop you from scoring on your X and Y axis, which is something I didn't know because the polyomino game works a little differently where like you have to place them together until you don't later on. You can fix that up, but nothing is like contiguous. So it doesn't matter how large your water section is. Mm -hmm. It basically just scores the X and Y axis, like the rows and columns that you're able to complete. And obviously the longer columns are going to score you more. Uh, but it's one of those things that I'm still picking up the little nuances on, but I, I obviously understand how to play. You place things down, move up tracks, so on and so forth. But it is one of those that I've yet to, to understand the strategy for. I don't do very well. Doolin crushes Jeff and I every game. And now, of course, we're in a game. We'll see how that plans that pans out. Uh, but I like it quite a lot. Now, I'd like to hear what you have to say about it before, but I, I, I think Jeff mentioned this too in our Discord chat, but I kind of directly compare this to another game, a 2023 polyomino release called uh, Wild Tiled West, which of course the way they play are not the same, but I will admit that I think that Planet Unknown seems, now I will never say that it is because I do not know, 
it seems like it's a game that can be solved. And maybe that's wrong. I, I obviously have not, not the knowledge nor the experience to tell you that it is a solvable game. But the way that it appears, it seems like there's like a right answer, a right thing to do. You because should of go tracks. after these. Right, because the tracks. You should go after these types of resources. You should do this. Whereas in Wild Child West, I felt like it was more on the fly, picking up the strategy. There's no tracks. There's just things that you can do, and it depends on what you have. And it's the same kind of drafting polyominoes, but the drafting's a little differently. So it's hard for me not to compare these two. And I think that Wild Child West made a larger impression on me in one play. But I only have one play of Wild Child West. I have several of, of Planet Unknown, but not near enough to make a educated uh, opinion on these two games. But I, I'd like to hear what you think about it. Okay, so uh, a few episodes ago, um, I think I had brought up a point about like me with polyomino games is like is tenuous at best. Um, I think a lot of them feel very samey. Um, and what you're saying about Planet Unknown, where they can be solved, I do think you eventually fall into a strategy, and that's just what you do. Um, and not a lot of them, even though a lot of them play differently, I don't think they bring enough difference to the table. Um, so I was skeptical on Planet Unknown going into it, um, to the point where like Jeff wouldn't even invite me to a game because he thought I would just automatically hate it. <laughs> uh, but I think this one fits into a weight that I like. Because yeah. it's not just about the polyomino placement of like, uh, you know, in uh, New York Zoo or Patchwork. It's just like, fill up your board. That's the goal. Right. This is more of like, I, I do like the tracks and I like that every track does something different. Like blue is just going for points. If you go black, that's going to get you some tech that makes placing the tiles easier. Um, red is going to let you put down meteors and let you collect those for more points. Um, so I, I, I see what you're saying about like, can it be solved? Probably. I probably do think the tracks will eventually like there's probably going to be a OP combo out there, but I don't think it bothers me yet. We we are thinking about doing an episode on physical media versus like digital media in the right. future. And I do think this is something where having a BGA implementation of Planet Unknown and us continually playing it just a game in, start a new one, game in, start a new one could eventually hurt the game for us. Yeah. Um, that's what I worry about. Whereas if it wasn't on BGA, and we just played it physical once every six weeks. I think it would sing every time. Right. Once every six weeks. Yeah, because we're, we're in a privileged play. Yeah, we're in a privileged position. And by that, I mean like gamers in 2023 to have access to tabletop simulator, to board game arena, to whatever thing that you can play online, to, to mobile apps, to root, to stuff like that. It allows us to really explore the strategies and, and things like that mu at a much quicker rate than we would if we were strictly talking about in-person plays. For example, a great example of this is Mythic Mischief, where the mm -hmm. physical game of Mythic Mischief 1 has been out for a long time. The Mythic Mischief 2 game came out physically for prototypes did, sent to, sent to reviewers and things like that. We got our hands on a copy. And then the app came out. And when the app came out, they have hundreds and thousands of games that have been played and data to back that up in months that they're making changes to the balance of this game that they probably would have never found or changed if it was only released in physical form because the fact that not enough people would have played it at significant enough times to have that data to back up these changes that oh this faction is way stronger than the other 
and oh, this thing is way stronger than the other. So I think you're absolutely right that if we were just to play Planet Unknown in person, it would take us a lot longer to really solidify our opinion on, oh, green and gray tracks, that's the move. But when we're going to play it online every week, if that, maybe more, every few days, and we see that happening quicker, we're like, okay, green and gray is the move, and we would have not picked that up for months if we were only playing it physical, if ever. It just it, yeah. it lends itself to to getting the like little to, to figuring out things a little bit quicker than you would otherwise. Even if it's not 100 percent accurate, it's just you know we may not have that may not ever be a problem if we were only playing in person. It's something that like I I really struggle with. That's games. I almost don't want to own games that are on BGA because like I do think I'll eventually run dry. And it's like I texted right. Dolan, I I DM Dolan. And I was like, Dolan, you own the physical game. Like, should I, is this even worthy of me buying if I want to be playing it on BGA this much? And he was like, well, do you have a group that you could play it with? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. So like on my Tuesday group, um, there were four of us, but three of us get here, uh, start playing at like eight and the other one uh, who's trivia and he doesn't get here till like nine 30. So we have about an hour and a half before we play our four player game. And I was like, this would be a perfect game. For that Tuesday group, before we play our bigger thing, it's got some meat on it. Um, it's easy to teach. Um, it can play in about 45 minutes to 90 minutes. So I was like, I do want to try it out. Now, I I still worry about it a little bit. I can see in like six months, eight months of me going like, ah, uh, I play this so much on BGA. I'm getting kind of stale of it. Like, I, I might sell it. Like, I don't know. Sure. Um. But though I, I do think there's like a nice little niche for it that my other polyomino games just never filled because it has a little bit more meat on its bone and it's still playing in that short amount of time. Right. I definitely want to know your opinion whenever you get around to it, even if it's only playing with us next time you come down on Wild Tiled West, because it is it and it and Planet Unknown are definitely two of the ones that have impressed me the most. Uh, and I actually was like not that excited about wild tiled west and then i played it and i was like oh okay like i like this a lot more than i expected so uh oh, and it's I, Denon, I have a question so for it's you. the designer of dune imperium you know he's in our good graces that's for sure that's true yeah he's automatically i'm interested yeah. um i do have a question for you so like we mentioned like the tracks uh being like solved or whatever uh you've played this more than me maybe just by a little bit but do you find like the asymmetric planets or anything does anything to change up your potential strategy um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've only played with the asymmetric <clears throat> planets twice. Uh, and one of them is brutal in our three player game. It's like, and I don't even know the exact intricacy of it, but it's something like whenever you move up on track a, you have to pick another track to move down on and you don't oh. regain the benefit when you move it back up. And I was like, what the heck dude? Like, that's really bad. Like, how's that even a benefit? Like, I don't there's got something I, I'm not knowledge I, I did not pay enough attention when selecting the planet I'm sure there is a benefit to that planet that I am not aware of uh, but yeah they, they're they're different enough to maybe they don't change the tracks you go on but they change the kind of way that you operate like one of mine has like gaseous clouds that I have to cover up and one of mine I cannot place like instead of the river running up mm -hmm. uh, it's like a crack and you're not allowed to build across it. So you have to build next to it only. You can't build any polyomino that, that goes across it, basically. Oh. So it may not change the tracks that I care about, 
but it does change the way that I care about it almost placing. It a wrench and, in your plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does enough to make it different, even if it isn't affecting like what tracks I'm going for. Um, but also, I think Doolin has a good idea, a better grok at this than I do, of what tracks are better and work well together. And me, I have yet to figure that out. Now, it's not something I've really tried to figure out yet or even looked into like the nuances of what exactly they do. But um, but it is one of those things I think someone else would probably be uh, better to speak on that than me. But yeah, but an unknown. I think it's a really good game. I'm excited to continue to play it. Uh, and we'll see where it, uh, where it sits for us before it's too awfully long. But let's move on to a movie. Kyle, what's a movie we've watched lately? Well, uh, going to our Table Knots list, um, which we'll be drafting hopefully soon, maybe uh, next week or the week after, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we watched uh, one of my picks recently, and that is a childhood favorite of mine, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Now, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is insanity. It's, it's a comedy based mm-hmm. on the beloved ch- children's character from the 1980s, Pee-wee Herman. Um, I Rest watched it peace. a ton. Yeah, RIP to Paul something. I forget his last name. Paul Rubens. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Um, it's a movie I watched a ton of growing up as a kid. Uh, we, I, I don't know if you, if you guys ever did this, but like, would you ever like tape movies on like a VHS, like record it when it was on TV? Uh, my family did. I was probably a little too young to do that, but like, I know my parents did. So yeah, we, um, uh, a blank VHS tape could hold three movies that were 90 minutes long. So like, I remember my VHS tape, it had Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It had three ninjas and it had Homeward Bound on it. What a three tape. excellent movies. Yeah. What a tape. <laughs> the tape ruled. I would, <laughs> I would give anything to own that tape again. Um, Physical media. So, right. Uh, yeah no kidding great memories there you might have me on that one uh so peewee's big adventure is one i grew up with quite a bit and i just remember loving i probably haven't seen it in 15 years at minimum okay okay at minimum that would have no yeah it had to be before it had to be 20 years or something um and my god i thought it was so effing funny even now and like i've remembered a lot of the lines like large marge and all of that and some of it was still very familiar. It all came back, and I could quote Pee Wee's Big Adventure before re-seeing it. But man, I was like dying laughing at some of these parts. It's so childish, yet just so fun and and whimsical. And I just can't believe it is a movie that exists because right. <laughs> it doesn't have much of a plot. <laughs> it, the plot is nonsensical at the very least. As, as someone who did not grow up with it, what did you think of Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yes, yeah, so this was. I've never seen Pee-wee anything. This is my first exposure to anything Pee-wee Herman. Uh, but I was pretty pleasantly surprised. Um, I'm sure that it, I miss stuff. I'm sure it doesn't resonate with me the same way it would resonate with you or someone who really grew up on Pee-wee Herman. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's one that I'd like, I'd like to show my kids. I think that the comedy still translates, in my opinion, to like the now. I don't think you need to be someone that grew up with it rather than you just need to be introduced to it. Um, it is absurd. It's a wild ride, but it's smart and dumb at the same time. But it's it's like, man, I don't even know. There's a to... lot of lines that are just like very smart that are like subtle, like yeah. that you don't expect that you don't pick up on as a kid. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And it's pretty meta too at times. Um, but uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It's it's probably between a three and a half and a four for me. Now, of course, this is on our list. We'll be drafting this later, so we are kind of showing our hands here a little bit, but that's okay. Not a huge deal. 
Um, but it's somewhere between a three and a half and a four. I think I have it ranked a three and a half right now, but I could see it moving up to a four. The big comparison to me was uh, I recently also had my first exposure to uh, Mr. Bean with Mr. Bean's Holiday. And I thought that was pretty good, too. But unquestionably, Pee Wee Herman is greater than Mr. Bean, in my opinion. I thought it was way funnier. Uh, so many. I think the other day after you watched it, we went back and forth at least like ten messages on just quotes from the movie. We were just like, <laughs> like spitting, them. and it's so stupid. Like the I know you are, but what am I? It's like man, <laughs> but it's so me. funny. Shh, I'm it's listening so to funny. reason. That's my name. Don't wear it out. It's like oh, and I love how Pee Wee Herman <laughs> is like kind of like hot. Is that does that make any sense? He's kind of hot, right? Like well, he's, like he's, he's an that- absolute nerd. He's but got like, Dottie all over, man, and Dottie, dude, he man. Does. He's got that confidence. He's like, you don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, a rebel. <laughs> a rebel. <laughs> Just like, he's, he's got Dottie! Go <laughs> when he does that, and then he walks out of the bike shop, and he has that little smirk on his face because he doesn't even buy what he just said. Oh, right. my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Like, <laughs> all these, like, quotes that i i don't know if they originated from Pee Wee herman or not but like they might as well be attributed to them at this point in time that i had like no idea that that's where it came from uh but like the plot is nonsensical to dude who loses his bike who goes on like this cross-country journey to find his bike but it's uh, like, it's the best bike in the world it, yeah it is it is the best bike in the world what's the bully's name i can't even remember his name francis francis <laughs> I can't. Francis is so funny. Yeah, I think Pee Wee's Big Adventure was fantastic. It was it was a big adventure that I would gladly go on again. Uh, I definitely have more desire to rewatch this and introduce this to my children than something like Mr. Bean, which I still think was cute. It's just like the the physical comedy, the silent comedy of Mr. Bean, just doesn't work nearly as well for me as something like yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where they are like these classic iconic comedies, but they're very different because. It's it's interesting, actually, Kyle, uh, and Jeff will love to hear this. A lot of people talk about how Mr. Bean is like the like like sort of a modern Jacques Tati movie because like apparently he did apparently <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot of a lot of like silent, quiet, physical comedy. Um, and oh, so I'm actually not sure if I'm gonna be excited about that or not. I am gonna watch Playtime at one point in time, but uh, yeah, Pee Big Adventure was great. I thought it was a much more engaging I, I was just much more attentive with it than i was with mr bean's holiday it was just and it, I, flies. Exciting. it does it it's really 90 does. minutes and it, it you start off with a rube goldberg breakfast machine and it is off to the races from there right 100 uh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it i didn't expect it to be a, a four and a half or five for you i sure. don't expect that to be no it was a four and a half for me but like i have 30 years of growing up on it and just great memories with it but Right. I don't expect it to be anybody's favorite movie or anything like that, but man, it is just so funny. If you can get yourself to that childlike state for it. When just... he crashes his bike and he said, I'm in to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. In front of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's so it's just a joyous movie. Like I totally agree. I'm very happy you put it on the list. I probably wouldn't have watched it otherwise. Very glad to have really liked it. Uh, this yeah, was almost this was a very petty pick by me too. This was like when I was in a state of rage when like Josh was like, "I'm picking three animes a month, even though we're only picking two. And, I, I was, and, <laughs> and I'm like, not going to watch any of them. 
I'm trying to broaden your horizon. Like, oh, you want to get like that, huh? Well, I'm putting Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I'm glad you did, Kyle. I'm glad you did. I'm gonna shove it, shove it back in your face with yeah. Jacques Tati's playtime next month. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to watch it. Oh, it's gonna be great. It's an instant classic. Oh yeah, those classics like that. I can't believe I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh man. Alrighty, and one of the movies that I've been watching recently, which Kyle, I don't know that you've seen this recently, but you saw this a long time ago, and I'm sure it'll get more discussion on the podcast in the future, so I don't plan on spending a long time on this, but I finally made my way to Across the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Very critically acclaimed, everyone loves the Spider-Verse movies, but did I... Yeah, it was pretty freaking good. It was pretty great. It was pretty, it was yeah. really, really good. Uh, it was beautiful. Stunning. I watched it in the 4K, physical media, am I right? Uh, it was fantastic. Colors popped off the screen. The soundtrack was banging. Uh, I want to talk later about whether you prefer this to Into. And I want to clarify that I've seen Into the Spider-Verse twice and this once. So, like, I have no real foothold to declare this one is better than this one. Um, but I think initial impressions is that I preferred across the Spider-Verse. Which I think a lot of people prefer into the Spider Verse, probably because it's more of a whole movie, whereas Across the Spider Verse feels a little bit less of a whole movie because it ends knowing that the third one's coming out. But I also kind of have a a little pushback on that because I do too. If you treat Across the Spider Verse as Gwen's story, it is kind of like a a start and an end. Like, there were char- the character the character story arcs had finality to them. Yeah. The plot did not. Correct. Like Hobie, his story arc, fantastic, came back around. Uh Gwen, obviously. Like there was a lot happened in this movie and a lot of references that likely went far over my head as someone who is not a avid spider guy. I, I'm not big into like I like Spider Man. He's probably my favorite superhero, but that's I mean, you know me. That's not saying a lot, right? Like, I like him, but he's not a he's not a huge deal. For, he's not a big part of my life. Uh, but I thought this was great, and maybe I like this one more than Into because I am such a I am so fond of Gwen. I think her yes. story is just fantastic. I think Same. her character is great. Her actress is great. It's just I like watching Gwen. I think she's and I, I like watching Miles too. He's fantastic. Like Miles's family, his mom and his dad great family i really loved watching them too but it was just nice to see gwen more i was i was just excited that she was in this one more than she was in into the spider-verse um incredible it's just really like i gave it a four and a half it could probably be a five it would be a five if i cared a little more about spider-man i think or superhero movies in general and that's just a me thing that's not a it's fantastic as someone who's not big into superhero stuff it's very good um and i i just really liked it i think it was great it was emotional I think I cried. I cry in most everything these days, it seems, but I'm pretty sure I cried in Across the Spider-Verse. Like, it was just great. It was so It was so fun to be in that I world. Ca- I really wish you saw it in the theaters, man. Yeah. I wish you could. I, no, I know you have, a gr- you have a great TV and you saw it on 4K, so, like, you probably got as good of an experience as you could have at home, mm-hmm. but, man, the in-theater experience was just so, so fun. Yeah, with the sound I bet. And everything. I bet. Yeah, it's, it's so good, and it really, it makes you, like... Actually, I've seen two animated movies recently. How to Train Your Dragon was another one that I freaking loved. And Princess Mononoke, which I won't dive into deeply on how I like that because it is on our list. But some of these animated movies, just like, I know that you and I disagree on 
and maybe this isn't even, this might not even be a good one to call out. So I'm going to say it because I've already started the conversation, but we don't agree on, on uh, Super Mario Brothers. I think it's I think right. it's okay, but I don't think it's great. And you think you think it's pretty good, but honestly, I don't think that's a good one to call out. But like, there are so many animated movies these days that are just they don't seem to be made with much care or thought or heart, and that's how I feel these days about a lot of Disney movies. Like, yeah, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be real with you. Stuff. I have zero desire to see Wish. Zero. Yeah. It just looks so bland and so generic. Now, granted, Disney's done no favors. Their their marketing for that movie has been non-existent. Well, they it's there, but even, it's like you don't I know what it's know about. I didn't know about it until I saw the Marvels in yeah. theater. Like I had not seen anything about it, right? Until so, I went to the theaters. I that that movie just speaks to me as someone who just pumping out a movie for the sake of pumping out a movie. And then you watch like How to Train Your Dragon, Princess Mononoke, uh, Across the Spider Verse, and you're like, wow, these people care a lot about the movies they're making. And I just think that that's a real testament to them. Like they're fantastic. Uh, it's almost like um, there's making a movie that just happens to be animation and then being like, we need to make an animated movie. Yeah. And, and show it off and stuff. They like were like, that. I think with like spider verse in general, in particular, they were like, we have this great story mm-hmm. to introduce miles Morales, Gwen Stacy two pretty unknown versions of a Spider-Man mm-hmm. character um, to the general public. We have a great story. We're going to put some baller effects on it, mm-hmm. but it's going to be animated. And Sony was like, you know what? We don't really care about animation. You do your thing. And they were like, awesome. Yeah. We're going to do our thing then. And so they just put out a good movie. It doesn't matter that it's animated. Like, you, I don't even like, obviously, I think Spider-Verse does a lot for, did a lot for animation and is going to. Yeah, it pushed the envelope like, big time. And I. I big props to them for doing that but like i barely even thought of it like as like oh i'm seeing i'm going to see a cartoon i was like no i'm gonna go see the new spider-man movie yeah um fair enough and uh, i think the story i think the story is good enough to stand on its own i think Mm -hmm. the animation is good to stand on on its own i think the voice acting stands on its own but it's just like you put it all together and you just get a really really solid uh i for me a perfect movie yeah, I, there's nothing I would change about either of the Spider Verses. Not one yeah. thing. I'd like to watch them like back to back, and I, that's a big commitment, obviously. Uh, but I would love to see them back to back. Now, I think I think Across leveled up its animation even more. Like Into looked fantastic. Like Across looks even better, which is saying something. So it's just like ridiculous how pretty those movies look. So, you know, hate on me all you want. I'm a pretentious movie watcher that likes all the indie stuff from foreign countries with subtitles that are four hours long but across the spider-verse did it for me it hit it was fantastic and i can agree with all the people that are fawning over it because it 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 bops for sure like it deserves all the praise and attention that it's getting no questions asked oh i'm gonna fence it a little bit Mm -hmm. because you were like what which one do you like more yeah um kind of hard for me to say um plot wise i think i like the first one a little bit more um I don't know why. Uh, I think that's because fair. you're right. Yeah, the Gwen storyline is very, very good. Um, I love her relationship with her dad, and not wanting to let him down. Right. Um, yeah. But that also was, be that true was to tough. herself. Mm-hmm. It, it really got to me. But like the Milo storyline in the first one is also very, very good. Um, but you're right. The animation and the sound and the soundtrack is just a step up, mm-hmm. which is hard to from, do from an already the, incredible. They they set the bar very high with the first one, yeah. and then they jumped over it in the second one. So I slightly lean the second one 
just because I think it's a better total package. Right. It's like a, a very, it's a higher five somehow. Sure. It's a higher hey, five out of five. It's a six. Yeah, I get it. That's fine. That's fine. I, like I said, I, I really want to watch them back, back to back just to get a better idea of which one I prefer. But yeah, across the Spider-Verse, fantastic. Very glad I watched it. So on to our featured topic. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, we're going to talk about our favorite games and movies of 2023 so far. Uh, we can we'll, we'll revisit this in March probably and like make a final answer of what our, our favorite game movie is. This is about the halfway point. Where are we at? What have we seen? I know in particular for me, I've missed so many 2023 movies. I have not been able to get to the theaters nearly as much as I wanted. So I've missed a lot. I've been catching up. I've been watching a lot of movies still, but I missed a lot of them and games the same way. I haven't been to, I mean, I went to Gen Con, but I, I'm not going to go to PAX, and that's really unfortunate, and I, there's going to be a lot of games that I missed out too, but give me some honorable mentions if you have them, Kyle. If not, jump right into your favorite, but tell us about some of your favorite games of this year. Yeah, so games is definitely harder than movies for me. I agree with you on both accounts of where I have not seen as many 2023 movies as I've wanted to see, but I've still seen a fair amount. How many have you um, seen? Do you have that pulled up? Uh, I have seen... I think I've seen I have not 18. updated it. I'm at 16. Okay, so we're about the same. Um, but games, I think, is a lot harder because, like, especially I've I've been trying to buy less, same, yeah, um, and yeah. back less. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of old favorites, or like, if I do buy a game, it's a game that's been out for a while, right? Um, yeah. and has we, reviews, we and yeah. I've been excited for, uh, for a little bit. So 2023 games has been tougher. Um, honorable mention though, um, is a uh, one a game I talked about. Not too long ago on the podcast, Archaea Society. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I think that has, I think that has some staying power in my collection. Um, a quick, that's exciting. Uh, quick forty-five minute card game that can play from two to six players, no problem. So it's it's just very versatile. Um, so it's going to get a little bit of love for me here. Uh, another one of my um, honorable mentions is a game that has been out for a long time but it just released a co-op version and that's going to be unmatched tales to amaze mm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. because you guys are right uh unmatched tales to amaze is just unmatched it doesn't feel like a 2023 game to me sure but technically enough. it is and i do like that i can play unmatched solo now and try a lot more characters than i would be mm-hmm. if i needed just one exactly one other player at my house because that rarely happens um so those are my two honorable mentions uh, do you want to go over your honorable mentions before we get to our faves? Sure. Yeah, I don't plan on spending a lot of time on them. Uh, one of those is Shatterpoint, which is barely a board game. Oh, which see, is why I, I would have thought that would have been your one. No, it's not. It's not my one. It's uh, it's great. I love it, but it also felt right to put it as an honorable mention because it's like board game adjacent, right? Like, it's not. It's not really a board game. It is a miniature war game. But, you know, I mean, same yeah. could be argued for Blood on the Clock Tower and crap like that. You get into yeah. yeah if you yeah. start getting real strict, it gets weird. But I put it in my honorable mentions. Uh, sea Salt and Paper, which I think is, I think came out in okay. Europe in 2022. But I think it hit America in 2023. Uh, and for me, it's it's so good. I really like Sea Salt and Paper. I don't think you've played it much. Maybe a little I, bit. I've, on, not, I've not played it yet. At all. No, I've never played it. Wow, yeah. We should definitely get a game on VGA. Now, it's not the same. It's, it's good on VGA. It is good. But obviously, when it plays quick in person, that's that's where it shines. Uh, Zuvatus, which I think you just acquired. I that's another acquire, big yeah. honorable mention for me as a game that I really, really like. Um, and then one that I think maybe with more plays could jump into the one spot, but for now is going to be on the sideline is City of the Great Machine. 
which I've talked about oh, before. Okay. We played the prototype of that. We loved the prototype of that. And since it's fully released, we've only played one game of it. Uh, but it's just really stinking good. Like, That's I really need to play right? that more. Yeah, it's hidden movement, but it's it's like a little different. Um, it's, it's, it's almost not even hit. It is, I don't know. It's hard to say. You know where everybody is. You just don't know what they're doing next. So, like, you know where they are okay. on the map. You're just not sure where they're going on the map next. And you're trying to navigate around people and not get caught. Things like that. So, it's sort of hidden movement. But it is definitely one versus many. Fantastic game. Um, speaking of hidden movement, I do want to shout out Beast, which is a 2023 hidden, uh, yeah. hidden yeah, movement Yeah, I thought game. about honorable mention for that. I just haven't played it enough. I've only, I've only played it the once, and it was a little bit clunky. I didn't have the rules completely right. We definitely messed a lot of things up. Um, so I don't feel quite right putting in my honorable mentions, but I did enjoy my first play of Beast. Okay, so Kyle, what is your game of the year so far? Okay. Wait a second. I want to try and guess it. Okay. I don't think I can. I don't know all that you've played. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I have, brought it, I have brought it up on the What Have You Been Playing Lately yeah. on the podcast before, yeah. but I mean, that is very, still hard. Like, have we talk all the time about it? games. No. Okay, is it a Euro? Yes. Is it... It's not Batoku, is it? No, it's Wait, that's 2022 game anyways, yeah. All right, tell me about it. Okay. It's a sequel to a game that I really love. <laughs> How <can> <laughs> Uh, it's expeditions. Really? Yeah. So okay, I am actually I'm I'm genuinely surprised. I really I I didn't think you this hit that hard for you. Uh, I think it just speaks to like how 2023 games have been for me. Oh, honestly. interesting. See, so yeah, like, 2023 has been a great year for me. I I've I don't want anybody to think like oh Kyle's saying that 2023 is not a good game year. That's not what I'm saying. Sure. I think 2023, I, we're getting better games than we've ever gotten before. Now, have I gotten to a lot of them? No. But I Expeditions uh, has, gave me the most hype um, because uh, Scythe is one of my all-time favorite games. Right. Uh, Stonemire always going to pique my interest no matter the game. This hit for me a little bit in that, like, okay, so here's the Nox again. It's, it's not perfect. Here's my problems with it. It is definitely a multiplayer solitaire. Yeah. And there's no, there's no even like inkling of thinking like, oh yeah, I'm getting in your way. No, 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 no. This is a multiplayer solitaire game. Um, it is, it does some stuff that other games already kind of do and with tableau building. Um, and I, I'm getting kind of over that. Like we've seen it with like earth is another 2023 game that I think could have been honorable mention but uh, again it's like it's, not that high that on earth i know doolin loves earth i like it just fine yeah but i also like wingspan just fine and i like terraforming mars and i like it's just like it's a genre i do like but um i'm starting to see it more and i think that what expedition gets a little bit of a nod is because it does do it slightly differently okay and that you're not just putting the cards out into like a tableau they're very specific in where they go they're very specific in what they can do. And then ultimately you need to get rid of those cards uh, and lock them down to score points. You're eventually punting them away for their actions to get points from them mm-hmm. or get a star from them. Um, so Expeditions, I think, gets uh, my game of the year so far simply because it's in the Scythe world. Mm, okay. And I just really like being in that world. Sure. I really love the art. I really love the components. The mechs are awesome to deal with. So if I was to put a 20, if I was like, hey, here's all the 2023 games I've played, what am I going to pick? 
it would probably be that one because I just like fiddling around with the bits. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, where all of my games have essentially been like, oh, this is good. I like this, and not one that have blown my socks off like some other years where like Scythe set my world on fire. Uh, Terraforming Mars set my world on fire when I first played it. Like there are games that have like when you play them, you're like, holy cow, this mm-hmm. is perfect. Sure. Um, no 2023 game has done that yet. So that's why Scythe or Expeditions gets that nod mm-hmm. because I do like the theme and the components and and what it does. So okay, yeah, I, I'd like to try it. I'm I'm kind of mixed on Scythe in and of itself. I like it. No, I, I like Scythe. I'm positive. I'm positive on Scythe, but it's not a game like I need to own or that I love so dearly. Like I think it's good, but also kind of miss the boat on that. Where like it was real in and popular and everybody was loving it for a while, and I came at it very late. Um, so still a good game, but expeditions, I, I just, I kind of, it kind of fell off. Like it was real hyped up and then not a lot about it has, has stuck around. So I'm, I'm surprised, but excited to hear you say that that's your, your game of the year so far. So I I'll happily still, play it sometime. Yeah, I, I do. I know you'll be happy to play it because you were very good about like, Hey, let's, you want to play this game? Yeah, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not sold that you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you won't love it. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not even sold you'll like it. I think you'll be like, yeah, that was fine. Um. Especially since it's multiplayer solitaire, you right. don't really love that. I crave it's, interaction. Uh, tableau in my building, games. you don't really love that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I just find and and you know we've talked about this more and more how like I do, I love games and I think games are important. But we've talked about like it's kind of less the game for me and more the the people, uh, which obviously means that games that enhance the time you're spending with those people are the games that I enjoy the most. Uh, if they are there not just as a something to do, but as an enhancement to what you are doing, I think it's fantastic. Which kind of leads me into what my game of the year is. Do you have a guess, Kyle? I think he, you'll hear it and you're like, oh, that makes sense. But I don't know that you'll get it right off the bat. I've talked well, about like it the, quite a lot on the podcast. The two, uh, okay. The two guesses I had were Shadowpoint or Zuvetus. I'm going to okay. say, um, I'm going to guess Terrorscape. It is definitely Terrorscape. You nailed it. This game, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a 2023 release because we played the prototype in 2023 and right. their, their like timeline was real aggressive to the extent that I was like, I doubt they'll hit this. And I think they were a smidge late and not everyone has received their copy yet, but I think they were hoping it would be out in, in October and it's, it's obviously delivering in November. And, and I'm sure some people won't get it until December, maybe even the start of next year. So that, that stinks for those that don't. But we received our full-fledged copy on Tuesday. Came in the mail on Tuesday. We played it Tuesday night. <laughs> because our group just really freaking loves that game. <laughs> like, Jash, Doolin, Kenny, and myself are all huge on Terrascape. We played Snapship Tactics, and then we immediately, it wasn't even punched. We all sat there together and opened the game up and punched it and set it up so we could play because we were hype to get it back to the table. That's awesome. And we played with one of the new killers, um, which admittedly the game only has five characters, not killers, but five like survivors to play as. I wish there was more variety in that. Uh, I wish there's more variety in the, the amount of characters you have to play that give you different abilities, but there's four in the core game and then one in one of the expansions, but that's it. The rest of the expansions are killers, which is what matters more. The killers definitely matter more. Now I have only ever played survivor in Terrascape, 
which if you haven't heard us talk about before, I'll give you a brief 30 second. It's a one versus many hidden movement game uh, where you're hiding from the killer. The killer is hiding from you. Now, the killer is actually it's it's visible where the killer is on your board. But obviously, when they take their turn, you don't know why they're going to move. So you're hiding from the killer, trying to uh, just evade them and figure out a way to escape, whether that be turning on the radio and waiting for the, the police to arrive or whether that be getting keys and getting the exit. But this is just such a blast. I'm a big fan of hidden movement. And this is like. Like party weight hidden movement. It's not like I don't want that to be a negative connotation. I'm afraid that saying that gives it a negative connotation. And I really don't mean that. But like. It's not difficult. It has all the fun of the best hidden movement games without a lot of the overhead of the best hidden movement games. I love mind management. I love City of the Great Machine. But there's way more going on in those games than there is in something like Terrascape. Yet at the same time, I still get the same fun and fear. Like, your turn as a survivor is incredibly simple. But it's about what you do and how you try and fake out your, the killer. Like, staying in the same space as them, hoping they won't search the same room again. Like, I just love that stuff. The tension that it builds. It's so fun hidden movement is such a great mechanism it's a a genre i've really come to love actually because no matter no matter the game like if you're getting a game in in like 60 90 minutes you're going to get the most tense hour and a half of your life Mm -hmm. where you're like (laughs) really worried about it and uh, along with the best ones are the ones where you don't mind playing the person or the group right those are the best ones Mm -hmm. um if you can have fun playing either side that's the mark of a good one. Yeah. Um, and I think I would. I, I, we have only ever played the same core group. It's been Doolin, Kenny, and myself as Survivors and Jash as Killer. And that's the only way we've ever played Terrascape. I fully expect we'll swap that around at some point. And the Killer seems very fun, too. But the Survivor's great. Like, so we played twice on Tuesday. And the first game we played, uh, I was injured by Do- or Jash playing the Werewolf. The Werewolf hits friggin' hard. Werewolf hits very hard, and he injured me. And if you get injured twice, you're killed, and, and the killer wins, basically. That's how it works. As soon as one person dies, the killer wins. And I searched an item box, and I found, like, a flashlight, I think, which did not make noise if I picked it up. But I searched for two items, pick one. Search two items, pick one. So I could have picked the flashlight that wouldn't have made any noise. Or I could have picked, like, a broadsword that made noise when I picked it up, but it gave me plus three defense. And I was like trying to decide, I was like, which one should I take? I was like, I'm, I'm injured and dying would really suck. So like, I think I'm going to take the plus three defense, but Jash acted immediately on that noise and came to find me and attacked me. And I failed my defense roll like instantly because of me picking it up. And Doolin was mad. He was like, you shouldn't have picked it up. He was like, you should have taken now, the thing that didn't make the noise. That makes me, that's a hilarious story. I love Dolan getting mad. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> that makes me wonder. So the survivors are the hidden players. Correct. How much cooperation do the survivors do then if everybody's hidden? At various stages of the game, it changes. At the start of the game, you're really not. You're really not cooperating all that much. But everybody has their strengths. For example, I always play Anna Kendrick. I know that's not her name. Her name's Anna Cube. I don't know what her name is, but we call her Anna Kendrick. But she 
can search for keys without making noise. Everyone else makes noise when they search for keys. So like I'm trying to use that to my advantage and search for keys. Uh, and someone else can heal and someone else can travel through the, the secret passages in the map. So like everyone has their strength and you need to cooperate around those strengths. But there's not a lot of necessarily working together immediately. But as the game unfolds, I think it does come into that. Uh, if you're injured, you kind of want to sit with someone who's not injured so they can try and succeed the first defense role. Uh, because if one person succeeds, everyone gets to leave. It's like you don't want to be the, the only person there because you don't want to be the only person rolling a defense roll. Uh, and like, for example, in one of our turns, Doolin was the engineer who, when they repair the radio, gets plus one on the radio track. And you need five on the radio track for the police to start on their way. You still have to survive five rounds after that happens. But Doolin and I also both had toolboxes, which means plus two on that progress track instead of plus one. So Doolin and I looked at each other and immediately knew what we were going to do. And we both sprinted to repair the radio and it went from zero progress to fully repaired in a single turn. And Josh was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was like, how did, what the hell? Josh, don't swear. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, how did you do that? And it's those things that really like that make you feel like you're cooperating. Well, I don't know how much you would feel like it does. But to me, it, it works really well. And everybody's got items that you can trade and things you can do. Uh, I think the cooperation's great. We're all like having an opinion, not quarterbacking, but like maybe you should do that. Like, oh, you can use this and you can trade me that and stuff like that. So to me, I don't know. It's fantastic. Terrascape is like not only my favorite game of the year, but it's not, I'm not saying it's rising to my number one game of all time, but it's like instant top 15 or top 20 in my opinion. Like instant top That's 20. Awesome. I'll commit to that. I'm not going to commit to top 15 or top 10 quite <laughs> just yet. I need to look at that, but it's instant top 20 for me. I think Terrascape is fantastic. I think we hyped it up a lot on the prototype and I'm glad that it, it followed through. I just think it's really freaking good. And I hope other people also think that <laughs> and that we're not like alone in that. Hey, you single-handedly sold this game to Logan. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We did our jobs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Terrascape is just, it's great, man. It's so good. It's, it's a real testament that we literally got the game Tuesday, put it together, played it Tuesday night, and played it twice Tuesday night, and had a blast. Like, that's so not fun. many games do that. No. Not many games Usually do you, you buy a game, they sit there for two months. Right. And then you're you like, oh, we rules. really should play this because it's been here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Not let's play that now. Like, I don't know. I could I could go on and on about Terrascape. I, I really think it's fantastic. Ice Makes Games did a wonderful job. I just think it's brilliant. Uh, and, and I I can't wait to keep playing it. I love it so much. I'm very stoked to come back to it. So that's easily, easily my game of the year so far. Awesome. Now. Kyle, tell me about your movies of the year. Honorable mentions. I think God, our lists was, are going to be similar, Kyle. This was so hard. So here's the thing. We've this only seen so like what? 16 and 18 movies. I yeah. think our lists are going to be similar, which is unfortunate. And I think there are so many movies that I haven't seen yet that have a very strong opportunity of being honorable mentions or my favorite. Like I know. 2023 has been a freaking great year for movies, though, so far, in my opinion. I agree. And I think that the fall of 2023 is going to be great too. And this is even with things like Dune 2 being pushed to 2024 because of the the writer strike and the and the actor strike. So, I'm very excited to see other movies. 
And I also want to know, uh, I want to just, this is just because I want to talk about it. So if you don't have one, that's fine. What's a movie that's coming out that you haven't seen? It could already be out. You just haven't seen it this year that you think has a chance to be one of your favorites. You can tell me that later or now. I don't care. I just thought about that. And I was like, I want to I want to talk about that. Uh, I think one that I haven't seen that I think could contend for top five is Killer of the Flower Moon. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited I was, to see that. I was pretty hyped for Napoleon 2, but now reviews are coming out and it's making me less hyped. Really? I've only seen positive. I've heard it's paced very weird. Um, it takes some weird liberties with the characters. Yeah. Um, and just makes some interesting choices. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm against it. But the mixed reviews that I've seen have been like, okay, maybe I don't need to see this in theaters. Maybe I want to see for it. it. I have not seen a movie in theaters in so long. That makes me so freaking mad. Uh, but I want to see, I want to see it very badly. Um, and I've heard good things. But yeah, uh, the one for me, I like. <laughs> if I had to bet, and this is showing my ass, this is showing my hand, like who I am as a movie watcher. But if I had to bet, what my favorite movie of the year will be come march my wager is on poor things i don't know that poor things is a yorgos lanthimos film which i've only seen one yorgos lanthimos films but apparently all his films are weird but it's got uh the guy that plays the hulk and more importantly it's got emma stone Mark ruffalo in it oh love those um, and basically those it's a very horny film about like <laughs> classic max classic max about oh, frankenstein yeah willem dafoe Willem Dafoe is, I think, the creator of Emma Stone, I think is how it works. And Emma Stone is like a woman who's like, like she's, it's like a retelling of Frankenstein as far as I'm aware. And so she's like learning how to live. And that comes with some horny sex and things like that. But like the movie just looks freaking great. Not only like, obviously the theme appeals to me, but your ghost is weird. I like your ghost's films that I've seen so far. And if you look at the trailer for poor things, it looks weird. The set design looks crazy. And it just looks right up my alley. Like, this is so When does me. this come out? Uh, it's out. Like, people have seen it. And I think it comes out fully in December. Like, for, okay. for other, other, other people cool. to see. Yeah, I am hype for Poor Things. So, it releases December 8th. So, it's only three weeks away. at the Two weeks away. Two weeks and one day at this point in time. Uh, and, like, yes, I'll guarantee myself that I'm seeing this movie in theaters. Because it looks so far up my alley. I'll be very surprised if this isn't top five uh, 2023 for me come March. If not, number one. That would be what my bet would be. We'll see. But I expect it to be my number one. All right, Kyle, what are your honorable mentions? Okay. Now, this was a tougher list for me because, like you said, 2023 has been a great movie year. Um, Even though I've only seen 16, uh, I there are a lot of movies that I, I just really, really like. Uh-huh. So... First honorable mentions is I think this is me and I'm going to, I think the MCU has had a good year. Wow. Um, I really like, that's a I really hot like the take, Kyle. That's a hot take. Listen, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Okay. I'm I forgot about that one. There. I forgot about that one. A fantastic movie. I think it's instantly a top tier Marvel movie. Uh, I really like the Marvels, uh, which I'll talk more about with Kenny when he's on the podcast. But the Marvels is a movie that is not top tier. But I think is like probably tier two, tier three, like middle of the road, like kind of back to the roots of Marvel, where it's like really fun. The villain was kind of whack, but like it was still a lot of fun. Some good action pieces, some good humor, some good acting, probably the best Brie Larson performance in the MCU to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I I liked Quantumania. Now that's the hot take. That's where the hot take comes in. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Marvels has gotten pretty good reviews. Surprisingly, actually, for it not doing very well in the box office, it has gotten pretty good reviews, even from like the Ringer staff and stuff, which has been down on Marvel. I think Fantasy uh, gave it a Galaxy. two though. He does not like that. <laughs> okay, so. he is out. He is out. I, I'm talking about like the Daniel uh, Daniel Chow Chan or something, and then like uh, Mallory Rubin and the gotcha. Marvel crew at Ringer. Okay. okay. was in favor of it. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, everybody loved. And then, so, like, I'm really only on an island with Quantumania, which I'm fine with. But I think that even if you take those other two, I think it's been a good year. Mm-hmm. So, those the, I got to throw that in my honorable mention. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Solid. Very surprising movie Solid. to me. yeah. Really, really loved it. Uh, another movie that felt very MCU-ish to me, but obviously different, different characters. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. That. No, I agree with that. I like the source material more. Like, I'm not opposed... Like I, I'm not a Marvel hater because I don't I've not seen enough to be to be a certified Marvel hater. Um, but like I absolutely you saying the Dungeons and Dragons is like a Marvel movie. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like I, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's like Dungeons and Dragons. So it, it works for me a little more. Just, yeah. But like, like I totally get that. That's like the same kind of Hollywood movie that that Marvel typically puts out. Uh, and then my last honorable mention, I'm sure, is going to get brought up by you at some point also, is uh, Barbie. Yeah. So, I'm not bringing up my top two movies of 2023. Top two? I want two? you to guess which one you... I, I, I'm not bringing up one of them, because I want you to guess which is my favorite of 2023 so far. Okay, I have but a guess. My top two, empty. I have a guess. So, Barbie is my other honorable mention. Okay. Hilarious, best comedy, and best pure comedy in a very, very long time, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, my honorable mentions. I'll go ahead and lead with Barbie. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think Barbie's great. I thought that can compete for your one. It did. It did. It did compete for my one. It's fantastic. I think Barbie's really freaking good. It is just such a fun, pure comedy. But it's it's emotional at the same time. It has that weight to it. It's it's timely. Like the message is good. I I enjoy what they're trying to do. The performances from Margot Robbie and from Ryan Gosling and America Ferrero were fantastic. I think Barbie's great. I actually. Uh, I actually showed it to the girls uh, the other day. Um, they watched it and loved it. Oh, yeah? Uh, which is surprising. You know, like, I, I, I really didn't intend to show it to them, but they just wanted to see it. And I was like, you know what? Uh-huh. That's fine. Like, I'll show it to them. It's not bad. Like, there are a couple scenes, but it's I not mean, bad. I mean, the adult stuff's going to go over their head. Right. The one thing I'm They're surprised just yeah. that they didn't react to <laughs> was the... Uh, I don't have a vagina. He doesn't have a penis scene <laughs> because you know, they're, they're four and five year old girls. They they'll talk about butts and penises and vaginas. Yeah. They're very aware. Yeah. They're very aware. Right. They're just like, those, what? Those and parts, I, they, yeah. they walked or they went right through that scene without even, without even calling attention to it, but they loved it. Uh, they thought it was great. They danced to it. They, I just, they thought it was great. I'm sure most of it went over their head, but that's fine. As long as they can enjoy the movie. That's no, I do not mind. That's fine. Uh, Barbie is great. Across the Spider Verse, uh, honorable mention. Definitely not my favorite, obviously, uh, but probably top five. I think I think Across is probably top five for me this year. And my final honorable mention, which may give away my number one, is Past Lives. Uh, I don't think you've seen Past Lives quite just yet. I've not seen Past um, Lives, but yet, Past no. Lives is fantastic. Uh, I loved it. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts as someone who was pretty lukewarm on Before Sunrise. Um, and not that they're the same, yeah. but like they're a similar type of movie. They're Forbidden Love, right? It's a Forbidden Love type movie, which is a movie type that I very much enjoy uh, more than most, I'm sure. And Past Lives was great. 
Uh, I remember I watched past lives the day before I watched before sunrise and I was a little not low on before sunrise, but I was like, it wasn't as good as past lives. And I remember uh, we, we were talking earlier, like float uh, loved before sunrise and then recently watched past lives and was blown away. And I was like, do you kind of get while I was a little underwhelmed by before sunrise because I saw it the day after past lives. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, so I'd be curious for your thoughts. I don't think it's a movie you'll love, but I think you'll like it. Uh, yeah, so, that seems like a movie that I would like solidly put like a three and a half on or a four. Yeah. Are we full blown boy movie at this point in time, Kyle? Are we full blown Oppenheimer boy movies? Is that the plan? As our number one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, like, <laughs> so my t- my top two are Oppenheimer and Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. So like yeah, 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 Across yeah. the Spider-Verse is like, and they are, man, it was tough for me to yeah. decide. Um, I just think Oppenheimer, I don't even know. I can't even explain it. It almost felt more like an event. Yeah. Which I mean, it, it was, was for us. It was yeah. an event. The only two times I've seen Oppenheimer have been events. We saw them for Barbenheimer weekend with the group of seven. And then I left Gen Con to see it in 70 millimeter IMAX. So like, yeah. these are, these are big events for me. And maybe that's a reason why I hold it so high on a pedestal perhaps. But I also just really liked it. I was just so enthralled. Now, like when I saw Spider-Verse in theater, like I was grinning ear to ear the sure. entire time, like by myself, like I went to the movies by myself in Florida and I was grinning ear to ear. Great time all around. But like Oppenheimer, man. I don't know. I was like, I was so enthralled. The slow parts didn't feel slow to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the acting, the character work. I, I, even though you knew like kind of the story, yeah. you didn't really know the story because it's not one they necessarily teach you all the details of in history class, right? Um, and man, it just was so perfect and a perfect theater experience. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for anybody who's watching Oppenheimer for the first time in their house. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it in my house and it's not going to come close to seeing it in 70 millimeter <laughs> IMAX. Like what the heck? It's going to be a disappointment, but I, I've bought it. It's on, it's on its way to me. I am. I, I'm about to own the 4k. Uh, but yeah, like it's weird. This seems like a movie that like, if you know, like, okay, stereotypical max, if you looked at what I loved, you would probably be like, yeah, he's probably not like that big of a fan of Oppenheimer. But like it really worked for me. Like I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I get it's full blown boy movie. Like we're full blown. We love watching men sitting in rooms talking. It's just the way it is. But it's talking about war, talking about war, <laughs> talking which politics. Is, oddly yeah. enough, not a, a, a genre I'm usually a fan of. But this is not a war movie. I mean, very clearly, I, I'm so, it's not. so on it. Yes. Yeah. This is this is certainly not a war movie. So don't get it twisted. Uh, but I'm surprised I liked it so much. And I get that there are qualms and faults with it that people have, and that's yeah, I fine. Mean, it's not a perfect, very movie. heavy male cast, yeah. and then the female uh, cast members like don't get a lot to work with. Emily or... Blunt absolutely ate with what she was given. She yeah, just wasn't given she was awesome. a ton, so I totally understand and agree with those issues i haven't seen her in a ton of stuff oh, she's so good but it might have it might have been her best work yeah she's also really good in uh in a quiet place i think i think she's i think emily Blunt i saw really a quiet place i think she, oh yeah she's a good she's you've got to see a quiet place dude as someone who likes horror movies it's one of the better ones to come out in recent memory i think megan watched it without me mm-hmm. one year um and i just never got around to like going back sure. to it but you're right like i need to see a quiet place yeah it's it's very good. I've not seen the second one, and nor have I seen the first one. 
I think I saw it in theaters and I haven't seen it since then. So it's been a long time. But yeah, Quiet Place is great. But Oppenheimer is just awesome. I don't know. Like, I get that there are reasons people wouldn't like it. But for me, it's it sat with me. I obviously was inclined to leave a, a gaming convention to go spend another three hours with Oppenheimer. And I'm excited to watch it again when it arrives at my doorstep. It's just, yeah, it's a lot. It's a load of talking. Yeah, it's a lot of men brooding over war and genocide. And it's like, but it's it's just done really well. Like, it's just a really well shot, acted, written movie, in my opinion, that like, I don't know that a single scene sits with me more than the Oppenheimer in the gymnasium scene. Like that scene is the scene of 2023 for me. I cannot think of a single other scene this year that really has stuck with me the way that that scene has. I mean, there are so many scenes that you're right. I think that is the most powerful scene um, looking back on it, but there are so many scenes that uh, just feel like special. Yeah. Uh, The bomb going off number one Um, to go, well, to go along with the gymnasium, you got, uh, him meeting the president and like the president being like, you think you did this? I did this. Like, right, yeah, yeah. Stop crying. Like that sat with me. I also want to point out an Easter egg that I saw and I saw this on Reddit. This was not me knowing this, but uh, when they're doing the bomb scene, when they're talking about when the bomb's going to go off, apparently, and, and I, I did not fact check this either. I don't have my copy. Um, when Oppenheimer says, we'll know in an hour and 58 minutes, he's referring to if it works. That probably happens at like an hour and 50 minutes into the movie, but at an hour and 58 on the dot is when the bomb blows up in the movie. So cool. It's like, it's just one of those little like hidden things that most people won't even know, but like, it just kind of, it just shows a little bit of extra care that they kind of put into trying to make it like as good as it was. And I just think it's great. I think they really nailed it. I was looking forward to it, but I think it was even better than I would have ever expected. I like Nolan. You like Nolan. Like we're 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 kind of Nolan guys, which is I really like Nolan. Yeah, it's weird because like or this year I also saw Interstellar for the first time and I was like Interstellar is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, <laughs> so and good. then it was supplanted like <laughs> instantly a month later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I have Nolan ranked somewhere in my letterbox, but there's still a lot of Nolan that I haven't seen, uh, so I definitely need to see them. But uh, as it stands, I think I have. Oppenheimer and Interstellar basically tied, uh, followed by The Prestige, then Tenet, then Dark Knight. But Dark Knight might rise too. I've not seen that since I was like a freaking teenager. Like it's been a decade. When did Dark Knight come out? I wonder if it would rise for you. I, I really do wonder. I probably saw it in 2010. So it's probably been literally almost 15 years since I've seen The Dark Knight. And I, I remember liking it a lot, but I just need to go back and see it again. I couldn't even tell you. But there's so many Nolan movies I haven't seen. I've only seen five. So, like, there's a lot more that I have to see and probably a lot more that I'm going to be disappointed in. Oh, that's not true. I haven't added Dunkirk to this list. I've seen Dunkirk as well. Um, And I I thought Dunkirk was pretty good. And then, of course, I still need to see Inception, which I'll be watching in the coming week. Uh, But, yeah, I think Nolan's good. But I think Oppenheimer might be one of his best. I really do. I just think it's 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 great and i think it addresses a lot of the criticism people have with nolan um not that it's a perfect movie but just that it like kind of hones in a bit uh and it does a little less just like talky explainy not that it doesn't do that at some point in time yeah there's less exposition right um and 
he still gets to work with his like timeline stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's still in a nonlinear yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they. I don't know, man. Oppenheimer's great. I actually, I talked to uh, my sister about that today because we talked about Barbie for a moment, and I was like, oh, "Have you seen Oppenheimer?" She's like, "No, no interest. <laughs> I have no interest in seeing a movie with a bunch of boys." sitting in room talking about about genocide and i was like yeah i get it but it's good <laughs> yeah i i mean there's no way megan would ever see oppenheimer yeah. or watch oppenheimer with me not give it if i even mentioned the length to her yeah she'd be out <laughs> danielle watched it and she liked it uh she's yeah. a pretty big fa- pretty big fan of oppenheimer so i think it's a good movie for sure uh and again i want to reiterate that kyle you've seen what 16 and i've seen 18 so this is not our number one of the year guaranteed we'll talk and maybe it is we'll talk we'll talk in march uh but we've still got a lot of movies we need to see before we make that statement i mean once nominations come out for the oscars i will make a pretty concerted effort to watch all the oscars yeah the holdovers anatomy of a fall all these things that i fully expect to be oscar nominees you know what's sad though I don't. I doubt that Spider Verse gets a nomination, and it probably should. It probably should. I know. I was. I was really clamoring for it yeah. when it first came out. I was like, "This is going to be best picture worthy," um, and it's just too hard for animation. Yeah. I think. I and also doubt that Past too. Lives will too, though, and I think it should as well. It's like there's a lot of movies that I, I think that are going to be missed out. This is. It's a really good year for movies, I think. And it's so many we haven't seen to say, but like, you, you, you have great indie movies. You have great popcorn movies. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really Super had Mario all. Brothers. I mean, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Scream 6. Dungeons oh, and Dragons. Yeah, Asteroid Ninja City. Turtles was great. Yeah. Oh, and Asteroid City. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. I might have seen like 20 video movies and I have not updated my 2023 list. Oh, I forgot about to, Asteroid yeah. City. I forgot about Ninja Turtles. I'm over 18. I also think Talk to Me is very good and Bottoms is very good. I don't think you've seen either of those. But uh, Talk to Me and Bottoms are great. Bottoms is, again, one of my favorite just pure comedy movies to come out in recent memory. Um, Air. Air was solid. One that I think that when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that'll probably get Best Picture nominee. And then the more I've said on it and the more other stuff that's come out, I'm like, no chance that gets a nomination. (laughs) Like, no chance whatsoever. (laughs) Like, they're just, there's some really freaking good movies this year. We've been blessed, honestly. We've had... So it's been a fantastic year for movies, and I hope that the remainder of the year is just as good. So many still that I want to see. Um, but yeah, if I had to put a bet on it right now, Oppenheimer's my favorite, and Poor Things will likely overtake it. Though I don't know that. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, sorry. I, just a real quick mm-hmm. t- back up here. I've seen 24, 23 wow. movies. Wow. Okay. I'm literally, yeah, I'm only I'm at 18, not, uh, so you've seen six more than me. Um, Like... I didn't, we didn't mention Scream 6. Yep. Mm-hmm. Freaking phenomenal. That's an honorable mention for me. Yeah, Scream 6 is good. Um, Asteroid City would be an honorable mention for me. Yeah, 2023. I, we, I can keep going over and over again, yeah. but man, what a year. I agree. What a movie year. I agree. And I think there were some bangers last year, too, but this one just seems to have more consistency, like top to bottom. Just some really stunning films. So I'm excited to finish out the rest of the year. We'll probably revisit yeah, I'm this. I'm excited to see where our top 10 is. I know. I know. Me too. And a lot That's of it could change. A lot of it could change. We still have another six months before we're going to do this again, probably five months. I don't want to spoil it too much. I think it'll be tough for Oppenheimer to get supplanted if it's not getting supplanted by Spider-Verse. Yeah. Like that's, that's something like I want to watch both of them again before determining my final, my final list. Sure. But it, it's going to be tough for something to beat those two. Yeah. When I'm looking at the remaining movies that I haven't seen this year or that that will be coming out rather the only thing that i think has like 
a real strong chance is Poor Things. And that's just because I know myself. And I think that that yeah. movie's going to, I think I'm going to love it. Now, I might be disappointed. I might not love it nearly as much as I think I will. And if I don't, I'm with you. I, I doubt Oppenheimer gets supplanted. But, I mean, Barbie was also right there with me, which it seems so weird. Like, oh, the two most commercially successful films of the year that you saw on the same weekend are your one and two. It's like, yeah, dude. I don't know. They're freaking great. Like <laughs> it lived up to the hype. Yeah, it really did. Like it's almost, it's harder to do that as a movie. Yeah. And of course, you be very, very hyped about something and it'll let you down. I think it, it obviously helps how big of an event it was. And we watched it together and we watched it with our friends and it was a whole day's worth of things. But like, I don't think that should discount the quality of the movies in any stretch of the imagination. I really think they're fantastic. And I think that they would deserve that regardless of the eventness of those movies. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see if they hold up. Last thing, like movies are about like the memories and like the feelings that they give you. Yeah. And like, I can say that for like, even my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, infinity war. Also another huge event Mm -hmm. that I remember like waiting in line for to go to my seats at midnight Mm -hmm. and watch with my friends. It was a culmination of a decade of superhero movies. Sure. Like, yeah, these, these event things do maybe like affect our, our thinking on movies, but I don't think that's a bad thing. No. I mean, that's, more people should go to the movies. And my I'm I'm talking to myself here as well. I've been very disappointed with my lack of attending theaters in the past few months and I need to get back to that. But more people should attend movies. They should be events. Like more more than they have been. Maybe not they don't they don't necessarily need to be events, but I think movies as an event should happen more. We didn't go see it. We didn't talk about it on the podcast, but the Taylor Swift movie had people going to the theater that never would they were dancing midsummer-esque in front of the screen like cool bring it on man like yeah I'm, that's memories that's going to sit with those people forever yeah i am so content with the movies being an event like whatever gets you out to the cinema to watch these exciting stories like i don't care what it is let's do it let's make it happen I actually wanted to go see Taylor Swift in theaters and I didn't make it happen, but it was also three hours long of Taylor Swift. And I like Taylor Swift, but that, that seems a little bit, a, it was a little bit much, <laughs> but you know, then again, if Olivia Rodrigo put out a movie, I'd be like, I'm there. Have we ever Probably talked about the fact that Olivia though. Rodrigo is basically just explicit Taylor Swift? She's like Taylor Swift with Paramore. Upbringing. Correct. And that's, that's vibes for me. Like that hits. I agree. I love that. I re- yeah, my my uh my oldest daughter Bree is like really into Taylor Swift now, and like so I listen to her like the Taylor Swift Spotify playlist mm-hmm. like on the way to like school and stuff, and yeah, those songs are very good. Yeah. Taylor Swift is a very talented artist, yeah. and I'm listening to Olivia Rodrigo's newest album too, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. I'm not a big pop music fan, but those girls, the hits, they can sing. Yeah, they can, they, they can, can. <laughs> they and they can write. They can make some songs. They can write for yeah. sure. I think that's what the difference between them and other pop music though is like they actually like write good lyrics. Yeah. And it's not just like bubblegum right. nonsense. Yeah. I like how our tangents. <laughs> I love our tangents. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Oppenheimer, what Oppenheimer. This is a this is a boy podcast. <laughs> Hate us all you want. <laughs> no, it's a fantastic movie. And we both had Barbie just, honorable mentions, past lives. And we oh. just gave props to Swift and Rodrigo. True. Hello. We're diverse here. <laughs> we have one 30 year old white man and one twenty nine year old. Uh, 35. I'm sorry. I meant I'm in their 30s. And yeah, me in my you. 20s. I'm nearing 30. Woof. 
anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you're in the Discord, uh, well, if you're not, join. But then when you're in the Discord, make sure you go to the Board Game Box Office channel and let us know what are your favorite games and movies so far of 2023. And if there are any that are you're expecting to jump in there, let us know those two. I'd love to hear it. Give us some more to put on our watch list. Maybe we can go seek them out in the theater. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Let's get out of here.